Good afternoon. This is Matt Rubel, and we're talking to you from the National Retail Federation meeting here for 2019 with three incredibly brilliant, interesting, and different people who understand the world of data, artificial intelligence, and all the things that are changing. And no, we're not talking to bots today. First, I'd like to introduce you to the people we'll be having a discussion with today. The first is Greg Petro. Greg and I have known each other for a while, but Greg founded his company over 10 years ago. So he was kind of a first mover into understanding that technology could end up changing the world as it relates to getting closer to the customer. He is the founder, president, and CEO of First Insight, which was founded on the premise that technology could remove the distance between consumers and retail. And he came back to the fundamental premise of right product, right price, right place. All of those things are what mattered. Let's just find new ways to do that. He's been nominated as an Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year. He's a Forbes columnist and very well known in the industry. Then we have Michael Bopp who's the head of analytics for Synchrony Financial. But Michael's career goes back 20 years where he has been a leader in understanding technology and consumer financial services, whether he was you know, president and COO of Argus or studying organizational psychology. So he's not only got the technical skills, but he's in our head. So he understands some of the things that are going on there. Then we've got Sucharita Kodali, who is probably three times as educated as I'll ever be, you know, with her Harvard-Stanford background. But more importantly, she's even been a store manager in Toys R Us. She's taken that technology idea and that closeness to the consumer through Saks, Toys R Us, Babies R Us, Disney, and other areas to bring that forward. And she is a leading researcher at Forrester. So with that in mind, I thought I would start out by saying that when we look at the world and how it's changing, what's the most important fundamental shift, Greg, that you've seen in the last three years that you think will kind of be most important the next three in how data and AI will impact how retailers operate? It's a great question. I think one of the key bellwether events that occurred over the last three years was the adoption of the smart device by consumers. There are, I think it was 2015 was the year, 2016, that there were more smart devices than there were humans on the planet. And that adoption rate changed fundamentally how consumers absorb information, gather information, collect information, and share information. And at the same time, I think, given that retailers and brands have to respond to consumers, their approach to technology and the consumer at large has shifted. So consequently, when we spoke previously about many times the consumer being in charge, I think that event in and of itself will, as we reflect back on it over a period of time, be the event that indicated where the consumer actually had it in the palm of their hands. Sucharita, when you look at that and you see kind of some of the trends that are out there, and again, you go back to your time on the selling floor because I think that's really important as a fundamental starting point. What are the things that you see that are enabling us to get closer to the customer? And actually, what are the inhibitors to actually executing along those lines? I think as Greg said, there's so much more data now, whether that's 
data from the phone or data that consumers have explicitly shared or information that they may not have explicitly shared, but retailers have inferred through, you know, social networks or through other ways to stitch information together, there is a tremendous ability to, you know, personalize more content now than ever before. I think that the biggest inhibitors are that people still don't always know what to do with that information. There is way more information than what's really useful. And it's sometimes just some basic details about, well, what have you purchased before and what are you in market for now that are really some of the the biggest opportunities. And, you, you know, I think that sometimes companies may be trying to boil the ocean with, you know, some of their, their efforts. But we'll get into other opportunities too, because I think that companies like Greg's have really, really interesting insights that, you know, retailers don't always know that they don't know. Yeah. And getting to know a customer takes a while in the human sense. It must take a while in the artificial intelligence sense as well. So, Michael, you're in the middle of financial services and how they work. What's the huge step function change that's happening here? And how should we think about what this is doing to both get inside our wallet and understand it more and enable our wallet more? I go back to the phone. I mean, that that is so transformational because it allows us to, as an industry that includes finance and retail together, commerce, understand so much more about the customer. We've seen uptake of contactless. We've seen uptake of you know, the mobile mobile wallet, but it's not as big as we maybe thought it was five years ago. So that making sure we understand how customers want to interact personally and in terms of what they want to do as opposed to what somebody else might want to do is very, very important. So having options for our customers becomes even more important. I think the data that comes, the exhaust that comes off of the phone, that comes off of information that the retailer might have, us as a financial services company, what's happening when they're calling us up to say, hey, I want my late fee waived. Can I share that information back to my retailer so that we can help them make better decisions to customize and personalize the experience? That, that to me, is, is going to be the, the combination of that data and information becomes truly critical to personalize that experience. So how do you kind of get to that which matters most effectively? What new tools are out there that enable you to not just say this is what did happen, but this is what will happen? And how do you focus? How do retailers have to organize to be better and more effective at using the tools that enable this? So Sucharita, we can start with you. I think that there are a lot of distractions in in retail, and a lot of those distractions are driven by solutions and media reports of things like, you know, drones are coming and they're going to transform delivery, or everyone needs blockchain. And kind of retailers then hear these things and go run around, you know, to try to chase and understand, you know, to think about, oh my gosh, is this going to transform my business? But there is so much that retailers are not even asking or observing with their current customer base. And I always use the example of there is not a single retailer I know that even captures insights on when a shopper walks into a store and asks the store associate, do you carry X? And the answer is no. Either enabling the store associate to capture that or enabling the customer to report that. And that's sort of gold for retailers. Very few retailers do journey mapping. 
and, you know, kind of going through systematically kind of simulating a customer experience and seeing where are the pain points and, you know, are there opportunities to leverage technology to improve those pain points? And those are the things that I think are higher order opportunities that can transform an experience that some companies do. Some companies like Amazon do really well, but a lot of companies ignore and I would just pick up a little bit on the journey mapping. We're spending a lot of time with our retailers doing exactly that, but fusing together the experience that the person's having with the retailer with their having with the financial services product, right? So at that point of sale, did we decline them for credit? Well, if we decline them for credit, what was the retail experience? We gave them credit and we gave them more credit than otherwise. What sort of journey does that create for the customer? So that, that journey mapping piece, we've actually organized a team at Synchrony Under Me doing exactly that. And we go out to the retailer and help them do it and have design sessions with them around that customer experience. So what I hear is there are regressive insights that we get. We have to get the prospective insights, which is, I mean, you even named your company first insight. So I think that was kind of fundamentally part of your thought. How, how do you kind of respond, Greg, in coming into that question? Well, I think that, you know, we've often talked about the amount of data that retailers do collect, right? Which is, it's enormous. We've said data is ubiquitous, but insights are rare, right? Those nuggets that you can leverage and act upon. You know, the great news is the data and the facts that we do collect in how the consumer behaves or is acting upon is fact-based, which is great. But we have to be anticipatory. That's where leaders go right? Whether it be, you know, Wayne Gretzky in hockey skating to where the puck's going to be. So we often think to ourselves, how can we anticipate what the consumer is going to do next based upon the information that we already have collected? But then I think there's a piece to it that has been missing for some time, which is, you know, whether it's called predictive analytics or machine learning or AI, but the actual leveraging of unstructured data and creating a structured format with some insight about what happened in the past to anticipate what he or she is going to do next or what he or she would be delighted with next. Can a machine do that? So let me kind of say, I mean, I, I see a charming, you know, Sucharita standing on a selling floor yep. and saying, you want that, we don't have it, but then she's making notes for the buyer right. that here in this data-oriented world, does somebody really want to answer a bot in that way? I mean, taking humanity out of the process and not capturing those things, does that leave us in a void? I think the answer is, you know, it isn't one versus the other. So it's no longer a wrangling of art and science. Can a machine outperform a human? We're doing it every day, you know, whether we're walking through or driving and using ways, a crowdsourced predictive model of how to anticipate traffic. This is becoming woven into the essence of who we are in humanity. And I think it's only going to improve our overall experiences as long as it isn't done in a replacement or intrusive model. And I think that there's so much to be gleaned from the data that we have and what consumers are willing to share authentically if they know they're going to get something good out of it. So how do we kind of, you know, bring that crowdsourcing more to what we're doing in retail so that we can get ahead of the curve? And is there anything First Insight is doing to address that? At the end of the day, I think AI is really a matter of certain technological formatting of data and 
leveraging of mathematical models, right? Different kinds, neural networks, whatever it is, machine learning and data mining, different approaches related to that. But in the end of the day, I think the concept of AI is how to inform a decision maker through data better, through different and various techniques. As it relates to First Insight and what we're doing, you know, we were founded on the concept of structuring data for the first time around the voice of the customer. That's what we're known about starting that 12 years ago when people thought it was a crazy idea. Now we're at a point in predictive models where we can anticipate the expected outcome of how a product's going to perform. We can forecast how the average unit retailer, average selling price is going to occur over its life cycle. And then ultimately help them figure out as segmentations of consumers continue to fragment at a pretty good clip, how to take that down to a granular level. So but coming back to credit and what you're doing with the voice of the customer, I mean, it's credit has always been perceived as not a voice of the customer type of a thing, right. more of a, hey, I'm only going to give you what I know you're going to pay back and mm-hmm. when you're going to pay it back. How do you kind of align with these other insights that are out there telling you about how customers could perform at their best right. in sure. an aspirational manner so that you can unlock credit, which is really an enabler to increasing more purchases? One of the things, and I think it's very well said by Greg in terms of the idea of of gathering all this data, AI can do it faster. A great example is with fraud. And we did the exact customer mapping, journey mapping around fraud experience, right? So you see a transaction on your credit card statement that you don't recognize. You pick up the phone and you call and say, hey, I don't recognize this transaction. We had processes at Synchrony that might take anywhere from 21 to 40 days, maybe longer, to actually have a person go in and manually decide, was this a fraudulent transaction or not? So you pick up the phone, you do research, you're looking at the location, you're looking at all transaction amounts. We've essentially applied AI and machine learning algorithms to that decision where 90-something percent of the time, when the person's on the phone, we're actually approving that transaction that, yes, this was a fraudulent transaction. Now, we could never do that in a manual way, right? We'd have to send all that information off. It could never be done. But from a customer experience perspective, we realized it's a nightmare if you call up and you're not going to get even your credit card for 40 days. Now, flip that on the side and say, well, we support retailers. That means that card's not in that customer's hands for 40 days, meaning they're not using that card to shop at our retailer because they don't have it, right? So getting that card in the customer's hand faster, the machine learning algorithms we're applying for fraud allowed that to happen. So that's a real-world example. Now, on the retail side, you could take that many, many different ways in terms of what you're predicting the next time they come into the store, what item they think they want to buy next time. But we partner very closely with retailers to allow them to understand it's very powerful to be able to do this and create that customer experience. So are retailers today organized to work in the proper way, to use the new tools available? Are they really ready to go? Or do you have to be a new startup that can go out and organize yourself fresh from the beginning? Are retailers, do they really get it? I think they have. We all have them, right? So we all have become, I would call it, IT experts in downloading software, an app on our phone, and how we want to engage with it, and how we want to understand it and learn it. So it's gone from a purely you know, CIO-driven decision to the business partners. And those business decision makers are now adopting technology and saying, it should be as easy to understand And interestingly, the the strongest challenge to the adoption isn't necessarily the leveraging of the technology because you have cloud-based technology, right? You need to flip a switch. It's been the adoption inside the company to leveraging the information. So 
who has most information wins and whoever uses it most effectively in retail will win. All right. That's a thesis out there, which means let's all fold our cards and Amazon wins. Now, Google arguably has even more data than Amazon does in some ways, but they don't use it as effectively as it relates to consumer sales. New emerging things are happening where the brands are taking control of the consumer direct to the consumer. The Nikes of the world, their huge strategy, a big portion of that is to go digital and go direct. What should we be thinking about as it relates to both the verticalization of brands and what that means for retailers? And also, how do you compete against people who have more data? Well, I think that it is incredibly important to be capturing as much data that's useful and relevant as possible. I just gave the example of kind of missing data that you should be capturing when consumers ask you for things that you don't have. So I don't believe that, oh, you know, Amazon is necessarily the winner just because, you know, they have a half a billion products and they have lots of, of customers. The truth is, is that 95% of retail in the United States is not happening on, on Amazon. So obviously there are other solutions that consumers want and that they are seeking. But the challenge is that retailers are not always uh, recognizing their assets and their strengths. So I think, you know, one of the things that you've studied and thought a lot about are, let's say, like the Nikes of the world who are going vertical, the experience that they can bring to their consumer in vertical. So your angle on the data really is how you position your brand and how you talk to your customer. And in the end, isn't that something that we need to understand? Even though there's AI, there's all these other things out there, each business has to know the voice that they want to have with their data. Isn't that what you would really ultimately counsel them to do? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. It's the voice with the data. It's taking advantage of being ahead of the curve, looking at what may consumers want in the future that you don't know about or you don't think about now. This is the importance of influencers. There are a lot of opportunities, I think, that are untapped still. So, Michael, if I Google you, what wouldn't I find out that would be an interesting thing? Well, I don't know if it's interesting, but it's certainly top of mind, which is I am a, a rabid Philadelphia Eagles fan. So this is, yeah. this is a tough day. This is a tough day. I love sports. I was fortunate enough to play football in college. What wouldn't we find out online about you, Greg? Yeah, interestingly enough, I have my professional auto racing license. So I have taken it as an active role to race cars and specifically vintage Grand Prix. So recently, which also probably wasn't covered as far as I know, thankfully, was I happened to flip a car in one of the races. So unscathed, but nonetheless more for the learning, which interesting learning about auto racing that I never knew was it actually improved my role in our company about what I thought was broad vision and having a much broader vision. <laughs> well, we also understand we also understand both as an entrepreneur and a leader that you have a high risk tolerance now. So Sucharita? Oh, gosh. Well, I grew up in West Virginia, and that's often something that surprises people. So for better or for worse, no, it's a lovely state, not the most progressive, but lovely state. So finally, we'll just wrap it up with a quick kind of what's the key thing that you see that you think people should power down on in 2019 that will really enable them to be a better retailer. Greg? I think that 
clearly one is exploration, right? Constant exploration and getting outside your comfort zone of trying things. From that approach, you learn at a much higher rate. Sutrita? Execution, good execution. I think that not be distracted by bright, shiny objects and focus on execution. And Michael? I would go a little even more upstream from those, which is data aggregation and sort of stitching together all the experiences that they have and probably potentially a comfort level with third parties and others that can help them bring more data assets and views of their customer so they round out the customer experience. That's fantastic. Greg Petro, Michael Bopp, Sucharita Kadali. Really fantastic spending time with you here at the National Retail Federation annual meeting and look forward to hearing more from you. Glad that you sent yourselves and not the bots. This is Matt Rubel for Retails from the Frontline. Have a great day. 